Today, we have two guests on our show, Jeanette Jordan and Maisha Slay, two product marketing experts. I listened to the first couple of episodes of their podcast, Market Ready, to prepare for our conversation and learn so much about product marketing and encourage students to check it out. I really appreciate the different perspectives that they bring to their show, but what they do have in common is that they are both extremely smart women who are exceptional communicators. On this episode, they share several skills that are needed to tackle an entry-level role in product marketing, so stay tuned for those. And please enjoy this episode with the co-hosts of Market Ready, Jeanette Jordan and Maisha Slay. Welcome to the Ad Undergrad Podcast. I'm Katie Moy, along with my co-host, Julian Lewis. Wait, stop the music. Katie, do you mind calling me Professor Lewis? But Julian, you're an adjunct professor. All right, fair enough. As practitioners of marketing and advertising, Katie and I wanted to give back to you, undergrads, recent grads, and those early in your careers looking to switch industries. In each episode, we'll highlight the career paths of practitioners and provide you with actionable knowledge to apply early in your journeys. Enjoy. So welcome back to another episode of the Ad Undergrad Podcast. Today, we have two guests. We have Jeanette Jordan and Maisha Slay. We're going to be talking about their careers in product marketing. But before we get started, Jeanette, do you want to kick it off and introduce yourself? Sure. I am Jeanette Jordan. I am the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Caper Center, which is a social justice organization. And I focus on brand, internal and external communications, social media, campaigns, content, everything across the board for all three of our family of organizations. Awesome. Maisha? Hi, my name is Maisha Slay. I am a senior product marketing manager at LinkedIn, where I manage all of our go-to-market activities and helping to build really great products for job seekers on LinkedIn. Love it. So one thing that we would love to do is really understand what is product marketing? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say product marketing is a relatively new function that is defined differently at a lot of organizations. But how I like to define it is it is someone driving the actual product strategy and marketing execution. And they are really the connective tissue between sales and customer teams and product and engineering teams. Oh, and I like to say Product marketing is a mini CMO of the product or service that you're working on. There's been a lot of work done around product management and how they're like the mini CEOs. And I say a product manager is like a CMO where you're thinking about that long-term strategy of the product or service that you're working on. And when you think about the life cycle of that over time and how you make improvements for it. Take us back to undergrad. What were you guys majoring in? What did you think you would be doing? as your career path? (laughs) So I was actually a double major in civil engineering and mathematics. And I came out of undergrad and I was focused on residential construction and mixed use properties. I thought I would have a long career in doing that. And a couple years after undergrad, the housing crisis hit. And I had enrolled in grad school to learn how to manage my teams better. And I found product marketing, and in particular, my marketing professor said marketing is really quantitative. And I attached to that and I started 
moving my career in the direction of marketing, but I have a very different career than I did major in undergrad. What about you, Maisha? For me, undergrad was a time of exploration. I realized how much I didn't know that I knew. Like I knew I wanted to be a doctor and I was a pre-med biology major and my minor was business because I had did the summer before starting like a mini internship at a primary care clinic and said, oh, there's not enough clinics to help those in need. I, w- I want to start my own business. And over time, my business side, my business minor became my major. And I quickly realized that, hey, biology and being a doctor is probably not the right path for me. And so as I started to explore more things on the business side with my business administration major, minor turn major, for me, it was all about how do I switch from looking at healthcare to actually changing into the corporate world. And that's what I was looking at. It's like undergrad was the time of just exploring things that I never really had pictured before as a viable career path. It's great to hear that there isn't one major that you have to major in and you have time to figure it out. I was forced into communications, but that's a whole nother story. I need to graduate in four years. My parents were paying for college, which I'm very fortunate about. But I guess in your exploration and then Jeanette with you in terms of understanding the quantitative aspect of marketing, were there things like internships or things that you did in undergrad that helped you to more explore and have a better understanding of what marketing was and why you kept kind of moving in that direction? Yeah. So I think for me, it probably started before undergrad. I was always enamored with commercials and advertising jingles as a kid. And I did not go down that path of majoring it in school is because a lot of my teachers were saying like, you know, you're not a very strong writer. You're much more inclined to like math or science. So I did not think that there was actually a role for me in the marketing and advertising space being that I was quant focus. Funny now, I'm a chief marketing officer and I do plenty of writing. But, you know, again, just when you're young, I think it's more of a tell that I allowed people to influence me versus investigating deeper. So I had always been curious about this world. So then when later in life, I had a grad school professor saying marketing is really quantitative, I immediately attached to it to say, there is a spot for me. How can I take all of the math that I know and apply it to marketing? And I think over the years, we have seen marketing as a function become much more quantitative, where we're very much driven by the numbers and the metrics and the ROI. So I think it has become a real strength and superpower, my quant background, even though I did not originally think it was a place for me. Yeah, I love the idea of it being both an art and a science. And I think you're speaking exactly to that. And if students are more creative, it's a no-brainer in a lot of cases. But if they're not, I think exactly what you reference makes sense in terms of why there are opportunities to get into marketing. And Maisha, what about for you? It, it looks like you had an internship um, where you're doing more of PR. Would be great to get your take on that as well. I strongly suggest internships. So I think during my college career, that helped a lot to steer what I wanted to do. I know there's like a slew of other programs, including MLT, which is Management Leadership for Tomorrow, that also does something similar for the college level, are great ways for you to go in as early as, you know, your sophomore year coming in and really figure out, is this a viable career path for me? And it allows you to make those connections. And when you're in college and you're a student, and you have something that you're interested in, people are willing to talk to you because they've been there before. 
And so just having those 30 minute conversations really helps to give you, all right, what are some practical next steps? Is this a viable career path for me? And so that's one of the things that I utilize during my career is having internships, both at accounting firms. I also interned at a lobbying firm when I thought that was the path I wanted to take, did public relations there. And I think that helped shape and guide me towards where I'm at now. So there's, to your point, Julian, what you said earlier, there's no linear path to get there. It's kind of a series of maybe I'll try this, maybe I'll try that before you get to that spot. I have to agree. I actually was an inroads intern when I was in undergrad, even focused on my engineering career. But I think just giving me general business experience, knowledge, presentation skills, things that really help prepare me for the business world. I think something else I did, though I didn't do it till grad school, is an independent study. I actually, to help myself transition from engineering to marketing, I took a class, quote unquote, a semester where I actually worked for a company for free so I could get class credits for it. And I worked for a news publication called College Magazine. And to blend that kind of science and marketing, I was working on eye tracking studies. So like as people go into the store, they think about different things. Can we actually measure their reaction? Can we measure audience? So bringing that art and science together and bridge my background, but I thought it would be important in order to get a job to graduate with some practical experience. So I think that that might be another thing that could be accessible in my actual college helped me set me up with the company that needed help and needed free work. So I think that that's a great way to get some practical experience as well. What are some of the skills that are required to be product marketing where students might start to build their project skills or as they're looking at internships? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And we actually do a lot of talking on our podcast. The first episode, really, what is product marketing? And the second one, how to get in. But I would say starting to understand strategy is a big key piece in any kind of business program, whether you're enrolled in it or not, I think you can take a class, will help you start to understand some common business models. Are there two-sided markets, porters, five forces? So I think understanding some business dynamics and strategy is really key so that you can start to understand what is the goal of your product and how they're trying to play in the market. I would also say from there, thinking about good campaign execution is a really great skill to have. So as you start to go to market, and again, our next episode is going to really dive deep into what is going to market and how do you create a strategy and plan. But as you start to go to market, how are you going to promote your product? So I think understanding, is this a B2B product where you're selling to other businesses? Or is it a B2C product where you might be leveraging traditional TV, radio, social media campaigns? So just starting to understand and I think observe companies that are doing interesting marketing in that industry that you're interested in is a great way to get started. And I'm going to take the flip side of that. I'm going to say what you're doing now as a college student, the group projects that you do are essentially what you're going to be doing as a product marketer. You cannot get a job here. And the biggest one that we talk about is collaboration. You are really tying in people who are going to be working on the engineering side, on the product building side. You're going to be working with other marketers who focus on social media or ad placement or brand. 
You're going to be working with your customer support team. You're going to be working with your legal team. You have to bring all these people in to follow your strategy plan of what's the best way to release this new feature, this new product. And so your collaboration skills and your sphere of influence has to be on point. So I want to overemphasize that collaboration and the power to influence and get along with people because you cannot do this work by yourself is some of the biggest things. And I would say the second thing is keeping on top of trends in what's going on in the world and in the marketplace. Oftentimes, especially for coming into tech marketing, it's not just your competitors you have to worry about. It's actually the larger macroeconomic issues that are going to be surrounding issues, whether you're on the consumer side or the B2B side, and how policy and regulation could affect what you create and what you launch. And so keeping up to date on trends that are going on in the world, keeping up to date about what's the latest lingo to use and how to use it properly and when not to use it are all a part of it. So just those common skills that you have daily that you're going to be using in college are really important for this role as well. I love that point. I think to give a specific example to what Maisha is talking about, look at TikTok being all the rage and the current administration talking about potentially shutting down TikTok and Microsoft trying to forge a deal. Like you can be hot, you can find your audience, you can have killer marketing, and then all of a sudden policy can put your business at threat. So I think it's important to know. I also just have to chuckle because me and Maisha, that's a great preview of our podcast. We do that all the time where we have really opposing points of view, but it's why I love creating with her because we are intentional about trying to give people the broadest view of what we do. And because it is a relatively new function, it hasn't really been clearly defined anywhere. We can just take from our experience and we intentionally partnered up because she has more B2C experience, I have more B2B experience, and we've had these very different points of view at coming at product marketing. And we really want to share that breadth with everybody. So two things I want to dive into. I think first, in terms of like group projects, you mentioned that. And one of my favorite things to ask students when I have office hours or just one-on-ones with them is, what role did you play in a group project? And what did you enjoy about it? Because I think collaboration is key. But are there certain skills, like as somebody who's in product marketing, that you have to have like beyond being able to just collaborate in a group project that will help them to identify like, ooh, this might be the path that I want to take? I think we talk about this a lot and I would say influence without authority. And I think it's a great skill to build in group projects because you guys are probably all at the same level. There can be a lot of hierarchy, I think, when you get into the working world. And sometimes just because you are a boss or you're a manager, that's how you get things done. But when you have no authority over people's work to try to actually understand who you're talking to understand what they care about and sell your ideas in a way that is aligned with what they care about is an absolutely important skill. So how do you get people when they you're competing for time, there are other classes, there are other projects going on to pay attention to what you guys are doing and really focus on your project like it's almost the most important thing. So I think that influencing skill is really key to being a product marketer. And I'll take it a little bit further. I think how someone, if, of course, like in college, all you do is a lot of group projects, right? There's hardly ever projects that you do on your own. I think specifically that skills that people can work on to, to bring out are the power to follow up 
a lot of times as a product marketer, you are doing a ton of follow up with people almost to the point of annoyance. And so if your role was that person who followed up on like deadlines that you guys said that you guys were going to stick to, and you're that person who's designated following up and checking in and holding people accountable for what they said that they were going to do. I think that's a really good skill for that role. I think um, keeping track of the doc and keeping it updated. Oftentimes as a product marketer, your go-to-market strategy doc that you build is the source of truth. So are you the person who's keeping up with making sure that the documents that you put together and have and essentially turn in are the most up-to-date that everybody's had a chance to put in their comments, reconciled it, you've combed through it. So you're like the protector of the document and the person who's going to be turning it in to Professor Julian. And then are you the person who is making sure everybody has a voice to be heard and that this, whatever you're turning in, represents fully the collective of input from everyone and that you're able to see those larger pictures and themes and pull that together and that it represent a collective of ideas. So I think those are specific skills that as a role that you play into that are going to be useful as a product marketer. So if you like doing that follow-up and you like making sure everyone's voice is heard and it's inclusive of that and that the documentation or DocuSend in is up to date, then those are some strong areas that you're going to be doing as a product marketer as well. I'd also add presentation skills. Are you the one volunteering, raising your hand to do the presentation? Or are you scripting the presentation to make sure that it is actually succinct, thoughtful, cohesive? Because there can be a tendency when you present to give all of the information versus the executive summary, as we call it in the work world. And I would say a big part of what we do is making decks, making PowerPoints, slides, whatever the latest tool is, but making presentations, giving presentations or ghosts writing presentations for people. So it's funny because Maisha, I felt like you qualified me out. But Jeanette, you brought me back in because I love making PowerPoints. I love presenting. So maybe I have a chance. (laughs) The second part that I was going to ask, you mentioned trends, you mentioned TikTok, but how do students stay on top of that? What should they be looking towards or what sources should they be following in order to be able to have their finger on the pulse of those trends? There's a couple of answers to this. I think that there is industry publications, which is one bucket, Ad Week, Ad Age, Ad Exchanger in the advertising world, I think specifically are the big buckets as far as industry publications. I would also say college is a great time to start developing your interests. I also do some career coaching, and I think it's really important to find your passion. You can learn how to make money at a lot of things, but I would say what companies, what technologies are you a fan of? And I would just say, actually follow them on social, sign up for their newsletter and start to observe their marketing tactics and techniques. What do you like? What don't you like? And what would you change about what they're doing? I think that's a great way to get started because I think a lot of times when you start applying for marketing positions, they're also going to ask you like, whose marketing are you a fan of? And whose marketing would you improve. And so I think if you can start to get a point of view on what people are doing and how they're doing it differently and start forming some opinions. So I would say actually follow companies themselves is a great way for news and information. 
I completely agree with that. Some other ones I would do is Nielsen. You do a ton of market research as a marketer. You may even work with representatives from Nielsen to run your own campaigns. And I think at colleges, for some, they you get a, a student access to it. In WSJ, Wall Street Journal has always been like one of my favorite as well. But I completely agree with Jeanette. There's definitely been times when I've interviewed at specific tech companies and they've asked, well, what is one of our products or services that you like? Why do you like it? How can you make improvements? So really making sure that you have that tech curiosity as a product marketer and that you're aware of where that product or service fits, how it can get better, who are the competitors in the market and staying up to date for that. As a marketer, I think it's important to learn and to be a fan, even of competitors, campaigns that they have going on as well. Thinking back of what an entry-level role looks like, what are the expectations if an undergraduate was trying to find a job entering the market and product marketing? Yeah. So I would say interest and curiosity is something, again, people want to know you want to work for their organization or their brand. I would say idea generation. I think for some of us who've been in the working world for a while, it's sometimes the cutting edge technology, the cutting edge trends is not at the forefront of what we're thinking about. So I think as somebody coming out of college to kind of give us a sense of what's next, what are people at a college level doing? What are the trends that we might want to be aware of getting in front of before the technology shifts on us? And then I would go back to Maisha's point of follow-up. You know, it's not that I'm expecting you to have necessarily a firm skill set. I'm happy to train. But if you're not somebody who's staying on top of the projects and communicating the status of projects, it's going to be harder for me to work with you because you're probably working with people who are senior, who are busy. So just having that constant follow up, I'm done with this. What else can I do? I want to learn here. So I would say a lot of ideas, opinions and follow up would be really helpful. I would say asking questions. Typically, as an undergrad coming in, we have associate product marketing manager positions. That's the entry-level role. A majority of tech companies will have that. This is a junior entry-level role where you're typically on a team with people of various experience levels. Typically, there's another product manager, a senior group, and a director that would kind of make up that team who are there to help and mentor you throughout it. But when you come in, you are still given a large piece of the pie to do it. So it's not something like you're making copies or getting coffee or just observing. I think a lot of people expect you on kind of day one to step up and to be here. We hired you for a reason. We have already proven that you're smart enough, you're capable enough. Now it's about you asking a lot of questions. Now it's about you being able to have that research, do that research, and be able to execute on plans, starting to make those connections, really establishing really good working relationships, as Jeanette said, but communicating upward, downward to the side and building those along the way. So I want to not caution, but just to let folks know that if you come in straight out of undergrad into an associate product marketing manager role, it's not something that you're just like kind of willy nilly. It is a complete role and there are pathways to this as well. So that that's something I would say off the back is get in there and hustle, get in there and kill it and make sure that you have an opinion because you will be asked for that opinion as well. And that comes by leaning into some of the skills we talked about earlier, having that tech curiosity, staying up to date on trends, reading through documents, connecting those dots, building those relationships along the way. 
I'd also add openness to feedback because especially if you're new and I'm trying to train you, I think probably one of the most common mistakes I see is that someone feels like they're doing a bad job if you give them feedback or you try to correct them and they start to lose confidence and they stop communicating with you because of a lack of confidence. They don't want to be wrong, so they say nothing. They don't want you to give them corrective feedback, so they're focused on perfectionism instead of getting it done. And I would say somebody who hustles and who's open to feedback, I can work with all day and develop them. But if you stop and kind of shy away from communicating and you don't follow up, it's going to be much harder to have a marketing career. That's phenomenal. One other question I want to ask in terms of taking your knowledge of the marketing landscape to the next level. So you both have your MBAs. How necessary is that? And should an undergrad be thinking about that right away or should they get that experience first? Katie's currently getting her master's. I am not. And so just would love your your thoughts on, on how necessary it is and when they should really start to think about that. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessary, but I would say it's been extremely helpful. And I think for me in particular, because I did not have a business background in undergrad. And so again, going to, I think a business education can teach you something about business models that are come up over and over again. And I feel like one of the reasons why I did not start my career in marketing, but in some ways I was able to accelerate my marketing career very quickly where I'm on the C-suite in advance of some of my friends who did start their career in marketing is because I do think understanding those business models allowed me to interface with people in senior roles really easily because I could be in meetings and they'd be like, hey, do you understand Porter's Five Forces? And I'd be like, yes, I do. And they wouldn't slow down the conversation for me. So it allowed me to be in higher level conversations and respond really quickly. So I would say, I don't necessarily think it's a necessity, but you then have to be willing to seek out the information on your own to learn it is one. And then two, I think a real plus of graduate education is the network. I do think building the network quickly. And so one of the things I have done as somebody who did not study marketing initially is finding people who specialize in other parts of marketing that I don't. So for me, I've come from very much a data-driven marketing operations, a lot of the technical stuff, not necessarily the front end kind of sexy marketing, what you think. I don't have an agency background, but I would find marketers who specialized in brand and did not know product marketing well or specialized in social media and did not know product marketing well. And then we would do a knowledge exchange. So when I had a project, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to ask you these questions and I'm going to take those ideas and white label them for me. and vice versa, when they had product marketing questions, people all the time hit me up, I need a go to market plan. And I'm like, great, I'll strip it down, I'll white label it, take it, you're going to look like a star. So I would say thinking about ways to seek out knowledge and intentionally build your network if you decide not to go to grad school. I agree. I actually don't think an MBA is necessary to move ahead. Most of the MBAs that I have worked with who are in product marketing did it because they were career switching. And so an MBA was a way for them to change from, in Jeanette's case, engineering to marketing or in some other friends from finance to marketing or something else into a product marketing role. And so that's why they decided to take that path, um, not having any formal parts in it. But for me as a career switcher, before I got my MBA, when I was already in product marketing, 
as a working professional. And I did it as more of a way to make sure that I'm ready for the next level in terms of director and VP roles. But it wasn't a necessity because how I broke away, I started my career actually in healthcare as an analyst and then moved into marketing. I hustled for couple years after why I was still in my role and learned all I could about social media, about branding, and helped a friend with their startup and building up their social media and PR parts. And then I leveraged that experience to land my role at Google. And I did that for two years. And that's how I made the switch without getting my MBA. So I don't think that it's necessary. And I think for folks who are an undergrad who start off as an associate product marketing manager and want to continue to build their career in product marketing at a tech company, you're already ahead of the game. And the knowledge that you're going to get working at a company, the mentorship that you'll get being a part of that and starting off early will greatly help your career out because you're getting a lot of that on-job training that they teach in MBAs. I don't think that it's necessary, but I do agree with Jeanette that you'll have to still find ways to keep yourself up to date and continue to expand your learning. Because when you start off as an undergrad and what got you there may not always, is not what's going to keep you there. And so you have to really continue to learn along the way and find ways if you don't want to do an MBA, how you're going to expand that learning through leadership development or taking some other courses along the way. And I do want to underscore one of the main reasons why Maisha and I came together to create a podcast is you will find a lot of MBAs in product marketing, mainly because they're career switchers, mainly because there's no clear path to product marketing. And we really wanted to solve that, that there's not a lot of clear information. There's not a lot of resources yet. Last time I checked LinkedIn, there were like 4,800 jobs open in product marketing. So we have a big matching problem of finding qualified talent, but people knowing how to access it. And we wanted, I think as technologists, we wanted a scalable way to pass along information about product marketing, which is how we actually came together and met each other. So with those 4,800 jobs, <laughs> I guess, are there entry-level jobs that kind of fit within that? And then how do folks find them? The LinkedIn's, the Indeed's, the whatever jobsite.com's there are in the world, but like, are there specific places that they should go to find those jobs? Yeah, I mean, I'm biased. And even before Maisha worked there, I think LinkedIn is a really great resource for a number of reasons. I think- <laughs> and she's actually working on a project to help connect people and show that people are available for jobs. So I do think it's a great resource. But the reason why I'm such a fan of LinkedIn is for a couple of reasons. All of the things that we were talking about that I think you need to do to land a job, they have great content there and even like a LinkedIn learning place. So there's content pieces you can find in just in your feed, but there's also more up leveling of your skill set that you can do with LinkedIn learning. I think that there is the building your network where you can just find other product marketers. You can go into the search bar and you can type product marketing and you can see who you know in that field. And then there are jobs there and you can tie those jobs to the connections. I guess I'll do the LinkedIn pitch so Maisha doesn't seem too salesy, but I think it's one of the great resources and there's a lot of people on LinkedIn. So it's really scalable. And I would say as a hiring manager, that is one of the first places that I post jobs. So I think that that's good information to know. And then I would also say the other place 
that I post jobs really commonly are through professional networking groups. It could be women in marketing. It could be black professionals in marketing, right? Like there's a, a lot of different professional networks that come up into most commonly Facebook groups. There are some LinkedIn groups as well. So I would say those are the two places as a hiring manager where I post jobs. So those are the, I would say the common places to find jobs in the network. Thank you, Jeanette. I'll send you your referral check later. (laughs) (laughs) So just like other places besides my employer that I think students can find roles are a couple of different things. I think one of the ways to do it is on top of professional networks, there's a lot of student associations tied with that. So there are National Black MBA, National Hispanic MBA, but they all have a student version. When I was in college and a thought I wanted to go into accounting, there was the National Association of Black Accountants and they had a student chapter and I served on the board of directors for that. And so that's how we found out a lot about new roles or internships that were coming out or new openings at specific accounting firms as well. And then when I wanted to switch into marketing, I specifically joined the American Advertising Federation and the American Marketing Association, which also both have student chapters as well. So those are great networks to be a part of. As Jeanette said, there are going to be, for folks who are a part of it, if they have new roles at their companies or if they're hiring, they'll post it to those different groups that they're a part of. And so that's a great way to get in there as well. And then I want to go back to something we talked about earlier is that if you're following a particular company, whether that's the YouTubes, Facebooks, TikToks of the world, and you're following their company pages, they're also going to announce on there when they have new roles open up for entry-level roles, for apprenticeships, for internships, and they start that process pretty early in the game. So right now it's August, come September, a lot of these companies are going to be opening up their summer internship programs and applications starting in September. And that's when they start to do recruiting for the next summer of that. So be aware of that. Sign up for the newsletter, sign up for their blog posts because they're going to be announcing it as well. So if you don't have connections to that company or you're not a part of an association or you're not in a program like Inroads or MLT, then another way to do that is following the company page via email and signing up for that when they post it on there. So there's a lot of ways to find that connection, even if you're not a part of a certain circle. I would also add, I used to run an employer branding program in my last job. So I'm going to give you a super sneaky tip. There are employment tracking systems. And so when you go and apply, you usually go into a system or a database. So I would look, if you're following a company, sometimes they have ways where you can just generally submit your resume. So a role does not necessarily have to be open, but if you go to their website and they allow you to submit a general resume, and it's very targeted, don't overuse this strategy, but I would go ahead and submit a general resume because when we open up a role, a lot of times we will actually look into our employment tracking system and we will see if there's already people in the employment tracking system, which means you've raised your hand and showed that you're interested in my company, that might fit a role. And you would be in the top of the list if your skill set is a fit. 
for the roles that we're opening up. So a lot of times we look in our own database before we even post jobs to see who has already applied, who's already showed that they're interested. Don't overuse it because we can see how many times you've applied to different jobs. But if you like, this is my dream company and I really want to hold out for them, I would proactively find a job that's either really close to what you can potentially do or find a job where they have just a general rec where you could apply to and already just proactively put your resume in the system. Such great advice. And this is kind of tip of the iceberg of what you guys are talking about in your podcast, Market Ready. What can students expect to learn if they listen in? Yeah. So Market Ready is a podcast all about how companies bring products to market. So our goal is to really give you a behind the scene look at what a product marketer does on a day-to-day basis. And because most people are not familiar with product marketing, we're really starting at the basics. So we have designed this season to break down into about eight episodes where we start defining what is product marketing? What do you do as a product marketer? How do you get in the door? And then what are some of our day-to-day functions? We also go into how do you work directly with sales, product managers, and other marketers? Yeah. And then seasons to come, we will also be doing more interviews with various product marketers from different companies at different stages And then also bringing in some of our cross-functional partners too. So how do you work best with product managers? How do you work best with your legal team? To give this whole connecting the dots of this ecosystem of what a product marketer is and who you'll be able to touch. And we'll talk to you about the trends that are going on in product marketing and around as well. And so that's it. We want to help demystify what product marketing is because we know there are barriers, both of us being hiring managers, both being in this role for a while. We want to help more people come into this particular field and in this role, especially if they're interested in tech marketing. Awesome. This has been extremely valuable and we really appreciate both y'all's time. Awesome. Thank you. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Katie. This was really great. Thank you again for your ears. We want to incorporate your questions on the podcast. Please email us at hello at adundergrad.com. And don't forget to follow us on all platforms at the ad undergrad. Tune in next time as we capture more paths of industry practitioners.